Joining me now is the czar of the playbook, friend of the program, former Ragin' Cajun running back. He is the uh, owner of Football Game Plan. You see him on CBS Sports often. Emery Hunt is with us now. Emery, um, did you feel like this week was ever going to come, man? It just, it, I know that technically it's a little later on the calendar, but it feels like this draft just took forever to get here. I mean, it's still not here yet, but it, the wait is finally almost over, right? No, you're absolutely right, man. It, it felt like every week was two weeks away, and so I'm glad it's here so we could finally end all the speculation, see what happens, see what gets played out, and, and just play some football. All right, so I, I hear from a lot of pundits. I've talked to folks that cover this, scouts. They say Kyle Pitts is the most uh, can't-miss prospect. Um, one, do you agree? And two, if you do, who's number two on your list of draft prospects that, that is just the most can't-miss this year? You know, I, I wouldn't say he's the most can't-miss. Yeah, he. I guess you can say technically he's can't-miss, but – you know, I, I see him as a I see him as a Darren Waller type, someone that's going to be a really good player. Um, and I guess outside of that, I, I would say someone like Jamar Chase. I just think that he's just really good, no matter where he goes, uh, he's going to perform. And uh, you know, because receivers tend to have that type of deal where you know it takes a lot for them to have success. So they need a quarterback to play well, they need the old line to block, and they also have to get open. So I, I do think. Someone like Jamar Chase would be, you know, uh, he's not situation dependent. He'll be successful no matter where he goes. Which quarterback is most likely to drop in the first round and just, you know, be selected later in the first round than perhaps some mock drafts are labeling? Probably the best quarterback, uh, arguably the best quarterback in Justin Fields. He's probably going to drop. Uh, it seems like the NFL just sometimes just they consistently miss on that position. And they miss on the layups. You know, guys that are obviously good, they tend to miss on. So just based off all the speculation, it feels like Fields is the one that will fall. And I'm talking about fall probably to four or something like that, uh, not fall all the way to the 32nd pick like Lamar Jackson did. But, you know, I just think that he'll probably be the, the last of the top quarterbacks taken but end up having the best rookie season and best career you say four. That's the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like, you know, some feel like the draft starts at three. The Niners aren't sure who they're going to take yet. I feel like it kind of starts at four because you're not sure if Atlanta is going to stay put or move. Ultimately, what do you think the Falcons are going to do? I think the draft starts at two, to be honest. I don't know why we give the Jets a free pass on not taking Justin Fields. Um, but if the Falcons are – a team that, you know, that tend to be a, a very solid team. They got a new coaching staff, new GM. And so they don't plan on picking this high often. So if they have an opportunity to take a quarterback to, to start off their regime, both the coach and the GM, and have a, a plan in place for, you know, moving on from Matt Ryan, who's, you know, at, what, 36 years old. I know a lot of people think, oh, you can play into your 40s, but not everybody can beat Tom Brady. There's going to be a drop-off. And if you can get your guy in place that, that you can start grooming to run your scheme, your system, that you're not pressured to play right away, you can give him a lot of preseason reps, I think they go quarterback. The second thing I would say is probably cornerback because you think about what they face in the division. Um, teams try out their two number one wide receivers all the time, and you have to be able to match up. 
they took A.J. Terrell last year. Uh, they got Kendall Sheffield, who they took, I believe, last year or two years ago, who was a good slot corner. Why not double down on the cornerback position and take one of the top guys on that on the perimeter? And now you have one of the stronger secondaries in the in the NFC South. Yeah, and and I don't, I, I'm not giving the Jets a pass. I think it's just in terms of what you know a team's likely to do. And um, I don't, you know, it's when you someone asked me the other day of the quarterbacks taken in the first round. You know which one is most likely to bust, and I I said it's probably whoever the Jets select. So I guess Zach Wilson. Be, and, and and it's not even necessarily the quarterback's fault. I just think fit. I know it's a it's a quote new regime, but I mean as you know, Emery, depending on what what team takes you and what they're willing to put into you and who the you know I think whoever the Niners take, they're going to have success. But that's that's more show Kyle Shanahan than than the look. The player gets a lot of credit, but. I think everyone just expects the Jets to just be the Jets, and and I mean you're you're over there in New York. You know how they operate. It's, it's some some franchises you just you you you've grown to expect them to screw something up, and the Jets until they give me the you know a reason not to, I just won't give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and it's tough. That's the reason why, and I have to say this because you look at Justin Fields, and you know I have an eighty-five grade on him, right? And Zach Wilson, I have an 83 grade. So it's not like Zach Wilson is that much or Justin Fields is that much better than, than uh, Zach Wilson in my eyes. I just think that Justin Fields is the best fit for this situation out here in New York. Because of what you mentioned, you have to get someone that, that can handle this New York media, handle the pressure of being a Jets quarterback or a starting quarterback out here in New York. And I feel like Justin Fields just has that temperament. Uh, having played in the Big Ten, having you know, played well in the Big Ten. You think about what he had to follow at Ohio State. The Wayne Haskins had a Heisman, Heisman season. Uh, he was a Heisman finalist, broke Big Ten records, NCAA records, uh, Ohio State passing records, and had that team. He won the Big Ten championship game in his one season as a starter. So in comes this guy that just transferred from Georgia, having to follow all of that, and he did that twice. So that was just outstanding for him. So it shows you that he has the temperament, has the 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 uh, the, the makeup to be a, a starting quarterback in a hostile situation. We still don't know a lot about Zach Wilson and how he's able to handle pressure, and he's also been a bit injury prone. If you're the Jets, you just got rid of a quarterback in Sam Donald that missed time every season. Why would you go and get another guy that has some injury concerns, but also has some concerns about whether or not you know? playing outside of that Utah bubble and that BYU bubble, uh, can he handle the pressure? Because, you know, it, just, it doesn't take long. His third incomplete pass, the Jets fans will be all over him uh, in the first game of the preseason. Mm-hmm. So it won't take much for them to really turn on whoever they pick. But I just worry about, you know, uh, Zach Wilson's makeup for this market. Anywhere else, take Zach Wilson out of 10. Uh, but just for this particular market, that's why I have Fields as a better fit. The Miami Dolphins at six, Emory, I want your thoughts. I feel like Miami is just a team with a lot of young talent, some good draft capital, a bright future, and, you know, just sitting there at six uh, in a draft like this one, they got a chance to get a good player. What do you see Miami doing at six? Well, there's a glaring need on this football team at running back, but, you know, none of the running backs here, I think, are top ten worthy. There's no Saquon Barkley in this class. 
Um, so if that was the case, then you take the running back at six, but they have a, a you know pick eighteen, then they can get you know a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne there. So the first pick, they really can go quote unquote best player available. And I know people focus on the receiver position, rightfully so. Uh, they can add someone around to it to help them out. You look at someone like uh, Kyle Pitts, if he's there, I can understand that, even though they have Mike Jasicki, who they drafted in the 2018 draft in the second round. But you get an opportunity to pair up two athletic tight ends that can really get down the field. Wide receiver seems to be a popular pick. Um, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to try to find an edge rusher, someone that can really get after the quarterback at pick six. Uh, so I think wide receiver probably would be first. Running back would be second, in my opinion. Speaking of running back, you mentioned Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. Where, where do you Etienne being, you know, from from Jennings and having a great career at Clemson? There's some local interest here. What's the best fit for him? Where do you think? Okay, he could go here, and this would be ideal for him. Honestly, I I think Miami would be the most ideal because if you think about what they're trying to do, they're trying to be a fast offense. So that's why they bring in a Will Fuller and wide receiver. That's why they look they're looking toward wide receiver at pick six. And they have an athletic tight end that can really stress the field. Mike Desicki already in the backfield. They they don't have home run hitting speed, and so I think in that situation, uh, you know Travis Etienne would be outstanding. Now you add speed and explosiveness to the backfield, to which you have a tight end, to which you have that wide receiver, and your offense really is really going to be a, a challenge to deal with uh, down in down out. Yeah, man, just uh, great open field speed, man. He's very explosive and um, just north to south in, in a hurry. Speaking of speed, Elijah Mitchell, the Erath native who you know played at UL, solid career, ran a great 40 time. And uh, what, what round do you see him going? And talked to Mike Dettelier last week. He felt like Trey Regis could get drafted in a later round. What are your thoughts on the two Cajun running backs? Being a former Cajun running back yourself, Emory. Well, I see Mitchell somewhere in that, that third-round range. Um, I see him as a very good complimentary guy, you know, someone that you can come in, bring in without volume, and he can have an impact on both ends of offense as a receiver and also as a runner. He already is your best kickoff returner uh, in what he brings to the table there. Somewhere like Washington, I think, would be ideal for him because I, I do think when you look at Antonio Gibson, he plays running back like he's a former wide receiver, which he was. Um, and so he needs to be paired up with someone that can take some of that pressure off of him. And you pair Mitchell up with Gibson, and now you have a very good running back tandem. Somebody like Regis is more of your four-minute offense closer type back. So I could see him, you know, somewhere like Tennessee or somewhere uh, like Pittsburgh if they want to. If they don't go running back in the first round, uh, they want to add more beef to the position. You get a guy like Regis, you team him up with what they have already on the roster. Um, you know, and I think that's a good fit for him. The, the Raiders would be a good fit for Regis. Any team that you think about that wants to close out ball games, I think Regis would be a good fit, you know, uh, because of what he can do inside and, and just how good he has been over his career at running through contact. Buffalo could be a good fit too. Uh pairing him pairing him up with Devin Singletary or even Zach Moss, who has been inconsistent with his health, but he has missed a lot of time back in Utah and even as a rookie in Buffalo. So putting him in situations like that, I think would be the most ideal. 
Final question, footballgameplan.com. Check it out, guys. You can see him on CBS Sports. Emory Hunt has been our guest at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. We got to let you go. I know you got a hit with the Ross Tucker show. Um, Saints at 28 overall. I know it's late in the first round. So much happens between now and then, so it's hard to pinpoint. But some final thoughts on the Saints and where they might go in round one, and then we'll let you roll. They have to take the best cover guy out there. Right now, there is a huge question outside of Mark Marshawn Lattimore, who has a question in of his own self uh, dealing with the offseason, but they need another top-tier matchup corner. So if Caleb Farley falls because of the, the back issue, but he's already checked out medically, if he's there, you take him. If Asante Samuel Jr. out of Forest State is there, you take him. Things need people in the back end that can take the ball away and not waste opportunities to, to you know turn the ball over. And those two guys that are some of the best in the draft class not only matching up one-on-one, but also taking the ball away. ESPN1420.com. All the best, Emory. Thanks for the time, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, Dad. Appreciate you having me on. You got it. That is Emory Hunt of footballgameplan.com. You see him on CBS Sports, czar of the playbook, and uh, appreciate him coming on. Talk a little NFL draft. Draft week is finally here. 